0: Wow. Well, thank you for being here. We're getting ready to start an exciting journey in our church. And I have to tell you, and those of you watching on the screen, that I'm really excited about this. This is a big deal. This is the biggest steps we've ever taken. It's the biggest steps of faith we've ever taken. And I can't wait to tell you what God is going to be doing in the life of our church. Because what you're hearing is a result of prayer, It's a result of gathering with leaders and saying, where do you think God's taking us? Where do you think God wants us to go over the next decade? How do you think God wants wants to use us? And then more prayer and then more discernment to where we're finally at the place where the vision and the direction is crystal clear where God wants us to go. And I can't wait to share it with you over the next few minutes because when you leave here today, you will know. Because you see a video like that, you're probably thinking of all these specific things. Well, you're going to know a lot of specifics when you leave about what this journey is going to look like, and how you can participate, and what we hope God is going to do through us in this next season. So today's the first of six weeks of a teaching series called Unfinished, and I've been praying a lot about what God's going to do in our church But before I talk to you about all these exciting pieces of information and the exciting ways that we believe God is directing us to go and the the pathway he's made clear for us, I want to make something really clear for each person here. I want to make it really clear on the foundation on which all of this is built. I want to make it really clear where we believe all of the energy, all of the ideas, all of the direction comes from you need to know as you listen today that Christ is over all that we do and all that we're gonna do. That we believe it's Jesus and he motivates us to wanna make a bigger difference and to look out at our world and say, hey, do you want in on this? It will change your life. That's what we believe. And it's expressed perfectly in the New Testament book of Colossians when the apostle Paul said these words in Colossians chapter 1 beginning at verse 15. Take a look at the screen as I read these words. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones and kingdoms and rulers and authorities in the unseen world everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He's the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. So everything you're going to hear today, everything we want our city and our world to know is that. There's no other reason, there's no other agenda but Christ being over everything. And so when I start talking about what our primary goals are and what our Primary goal is with this entire initiative, you need to know that it's this that 100% of you, no matter who you are, no matter how old you are, no matter how much or little you have, no matter what your lifestyle, no matter what, we want 100% of you to participate in what God is going to do in our church. We want 100% of everybody that comes to our church to say, God, where am I unfinished? Show me where you want me to change. Show me where you want me to grow and understand all that you have for me. Just imagine if every person in this room and every person watching started saying those words to God. Show me where I am unfinished. Show me where I need to grow. Show me where I need to understand. Show me where I need to change. That's our goal. And so right now there's some notebooks coming down the aisles Now, ushers, just hold on. Don't hand these to anybody yet. i got to lay out some ground rules before we give these out, okay? Now, when you get this, you're like me. Probably the first thing you're going to want to do is just open it up and start thumbing through the thing. Don't do that. I have people watching. I have people watching. All of you that are watching this on the screen, I have scouts, and you will be tackled if you try to open this before I say open this. And even then... There's a lot of details in here that I want you to look at when you get home. I want you to have a look and and go to our website, weareunfinished.com, and look through all that information, but do not do that as soon as you get this book. So can I have a show of hands who will take the book and promise me that you will just hold on to the book like this? Okay, I'm going to say 100%, okay? 100% because I'm watching. All right, go. Hand out the booklets. Now, as these are handed out, the very first thing I do want you to do when you get it in your hands like this, you can look at it, you can read the verse on the front of it, but the first thing you do is just open up the first, because the outside's a little stiffer than the inside, just open that up, and on the inside of the front cover, it says weareunfinished.com, and just, if you have a pen, write your name at the bottom. If not, do that later. There may be a pen near you. Just do that. Write your name in there. There's a table of contents. You are allowed to read through that, but do not open a page yet. Just, Just stick with me. Now, don't open it. All right. Thank you. I heard somebody help. I appreciate it. You can open now to the front, to this part right here. If something falls out, ignore that something. Then, After you put your name in it, you can turn over to page 26 and just simply fold it back like this, and you have a blank piece of paper. That's for you to take notes on while I talk. This feels like second grade, doesn't it? I'm sorry, but if I were sitting out there, I would be thumbing through this going, what's he going to be talking about? So I understand. I feel your pain. I know it's difficult, but do this for me. Just this one thing tonight, just do that for me and hang on to that because you're going to want to write down some of the things that I'm talking about. So this series is really about vision, but it's also about generosity. And I just lost some of you when I said generosity. Because when I said generosity, your mind immediately went to your wallet and your bank account, and you're like, oh, okay, now I get it. I know. And I know, I know that some of you particularly if you've been a part of a church before, when you start hearing generosity, that's handled in very healthy ways, biblical ways, and that's also abused sometimes. It really is. So you have every reason when I start talking about generosity and money to be skeptical. I believe we handle generosity in a very biblical way, but not everybody does that, and that's not everybody's experience. And so I want you to just kind of let go of whatever preconceived notions or ideas you might have when we start talking about money and generosity. And if you're here for the first time, you're probably going, great, perfect. Might know that's what's happening when I show up. But I just want you to stick with me today as I go through this. Because this is not a series about money. It's a series about vision, and it's a series about what it looks like when God's people 100% of them come before him and say, how am I unfinished? Where can I grow? How can I have an even bigger impact? And God, we're gonna look to you for what's next. Because when people are generous, things change. If your life has been changed as part of our church or part of any church, there was a time before you that somebody said, I believe in this enough that I'm gonna be generous towards it. And so this series, while we will talk about generosity and we will talk about giving, this is about vision and direction and having more impact as we go before God and say, where are we unfinished? The reason we chose the word unfinished is because of the words of the Apostle Paul. You heard some of them on the video that just played, but he also says this in the same chapter of Philippians chapter 1. He says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more, that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. And what he's saying is, continue to grow. Wherever you are, continue to grow. You've known Christ for a long time, keep growing. That's no excuse not to grow. Known Christ for a little bit, keep growing. Learning. Learn more and more what it means to love. Learn more and more what it means to be a follower of Christ. Never stop that. And so as a church, we have decided as leaders, we are not going to stop connecting people with God. We are going to continue to do that. Nothing's going to stop us because we want more people connected with him. Not only do we feel passionate about that, it's our responsibility. It's our responsibility to find people who are far from God and help them get connected through a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's our responsibility. And so we have these three areas of unfinished that I wanna share with you today. Three areas that are gonna guide us as we seek to be unfinished before God and asking him to guide us as we move through this new journey. Now, the three areas I'm gonna talk about, all of them, they've got a dollar sign connected to them because we have to understand if we're gonna do more, it's gonna cost more. And it's going to cause all of us to need to understand that generosity not only changes us, but it'll change the world. Our church is here. Our church got started because of the generosity of people. Wherever you sit right now, you are there because the generosity of people make it happen day in and day out. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to work like never before. We're gonna take risks like never before. We're gonna pray like never before, and we're gonna be generous like never before. And so here are the three areas of unfinished. The first one is we declare before God that we are unfinished people. That means that no matter how much we've done, we wanna do more. No matter how many people we've connected with God, we want to connect more people with God. The first time a follower of Christ says, that's enough, I don't want to connect any more people with God, they are not obeying what Jesus has asked them to do. So we always want to continue to connect more and more people with God. And we do that week in and week out through all that you see. When you see us count how many people followed Christ in baptism. That count is because we want to know how are we doing at connecting people with God based on the abilities and resources that God has given us. When your children go to kids ministry and they get connected with God, that happens because of what we do week in and week out. When when we try to help people have the resources so they can grow closer to Christ, so in their relationship with Christ. They can understand what it means to be a disciple of Christ, how to live that out day to day. We spend a lot of effort and resources to make that happen. And all of that happens right now through what we call our general budget. And so because this is a two-year journey, we just took our general budget and we multiplied it times two, and that comes out to $4.4 million. There's the dollar amount for We Are Unfinished People. It's our general budget. It just means we're gonna continue all that we're doing at life point to connect people with God, but there's more to do. So we wanna expand our ministries, expand our reach, and expand our generosity. And so the second area of unfinished is us declaring that we are an unfinished church. And here's what we mean by that. We will build bridges to show Christ's love to those who don't know him. We're going to build bridges in all that we do to show Christ's love to those who do not know him. And you know where that starts? It starts with you. It starts with me. It starts individually where we live, where we go to school, where we work, where we play. Because normally what happens with faith is we have this life of faith and then we have these other people over here that don't have any faith and they're not connected to God and those don't really connect very often. So what if you said, I'm in an unfinished church and now what I'm gonna do as part of an unfinished church is I am going to build a bridge wherever I am to reach people so they can experience the love of Christ in their life. Wouldn't our world be a better place if everybody did that? Wouldn't we be seeing less tragedies if everybody did that and just said, God, use me as a bridge wherever I am? And so as soon as we get into the new year in 2018, we are going to start this big teaching series called Love Where You Live. And what we're going to do with that is we're going to equip you with the tools and resources and conviction that you need to love the people around you wherever God places you. And not only love them, but know what to do to help them get to know Christ. So we're going to build bridges. We are going to be bridges, every one of us. Imagine when you're the bright spot where you live. Imagine when you're the bright spot where you go to school. Imagine when you're the bright spot where you work. where you play imagine when you're building bridges and connecting with people who aren't connected with God and life change starts to happen that's when you hear stories like you heard the lady tell about her friend coming to church and she couldn't tell it for the tears coming back because she was a light and if you don't have the confidence to do that we're gonna help you have that if you don't feel like you have the resources to do that We're going to help you understand how every person who follows Christ can be a bridge, that people can meet Jesus because of your faith. That's how the church moves forward. We also have some issues as a church. I'll just name a couple. One issue is uh, one of our locations, out of space. Two of our locations really need to get out of portable spaces And so we got to figure out, well, how can we change that? And that leads us to this idea of we're an unfinished church, unfinished people, I'm part of an unfinished church. So what are we going to do? How are we going to expand so we can reach even more people? Well, here's what we know. We know, it's a fact, when we have a facility, we grow. Last time we did that, church doubled. So we know that God is going to give us more kingdom impact as we take these big steps of faith and move into a place that we can call our own. If you're sitting in a place that we call our own, it's because of the generosity of people who came before you. So we need to build facilities because we know it, it increases our kingdom impact. So the question is not, are we? It's how are we gonna do it? It's not if, but how? How? And so to reach new people, we realize this, you have to do new things. And so from this point forward, all of our facilities will build relational bridges to their local communities, all of them. Now, I'm going to tell you exactly what those look like and exactly what that's going to be, but imagine if our facilities were so much more than just something for us to meet in like we're all doing right now. Just imagine if it was more than just a place to come and meet or even a place to come and hang out on a weeknight. It was much, much more than that. Because I have a friend that doesn't follow Christ. And I know what they think. When they drive by and if if they see this big facility being built for us, he would say, that's exactly what I would expect Christians to do do something for themselves. So as we began to discern, well, what's the the next step? Because we know we need these facilities. What's the next step? What if we shocked our community? What if we surprised them? What if we said, let's build something that is a gift for the community and say, this is for you? If you want to Bring your coffee on in the auditorium. Bring it. Spill it. We'll get the carpet clean. It doesn't matter. This is for you. This is for the community to use. Just imagine the shock when somebody can't say, yeah, they're just doing that for themselves. Oh, wait a minute. They're not because I see elements for me too. But we've assessed and prayed and considered what are the needs of our communities. So I want you to imagine, just for a moment, with me. Imagine a a seven-day-a-week facility. Of course, something we would use too. Something we would do all the things we do for our kids and adults, and all the things that we do ministry-wise. But imagine it went way beyond that. It wasn't just for us, but it's driven by the needs of our local community. Just imagine that people see some indoor and outdoor sports facility kind of stuff where they're thinking. can we use that? Absolutely. That's why we built it. Just imagine when that happens. Imagine shared meeting space and workspace and and people who work from home that really don't have anywhere to go. All of a sudden, hey, I can go there and, and, and yeah, you can come here. Is that a church or what is it? It's a place for you to come. That's what it is. Imagine when we have a cafe, not like a church lobby cafe, but a cafe where people can come Get a meal. See it as community space. Meet other people. Gather and have conversation. Not free food, but good food. (laughs) We're already in conversation with people who have a passion for this. Imagine an auditorium much like what we're sitting in today, but not exactly like what we're sitting in today. Imagine like a state-of-the-art performing arts facility, which we've discovered that's a huge need. Imagine that events in the community, all of a sudden just say, we can use that, that's for us too? Yes, it's for you. And every time inside we're saying, because we wanna build a bridge to reach you where you are. There's a couple of more needs that as this vision has gotten sharper and sharper that we have felt passionate about. The first one is reaching out to a group of people And if you're in that group, you will know the isolation that you feel. If you have a friend or family member that's part of this group, you will know the isolation you feel. And those are families who have children with special needs. Like, if you're one of those, we know the isolation that you feel. We know the stares you might get. We know how you feel like it's very difficult to plug in. And so... One of the things we're going to do is our part to let people in that community know that we care is we're going to construct at these new facilities a playground for children with special needs inside and outside, right along with another big playground that everybody can use. We're going to have this playground for children and their families who have special needs and a group of people who feel like nobody cares and nothing is for them. Well, all of a sudden feel like, hey, they care. And then we're gonna have the Sunday morning and whatever other service times we have programming to serve the needs of those families so they don't feel like they're a bother when they show up. That's how you build a bridge to a community that has needs. You meet people where their needs are and you show them that you care. We have the resources and we'll have the resources to do it. So we're going to do it. And I mentioned in the video how many people move to our area every single day. And you know what most of those people bring along behind them in the back seats of the car? Kids. (laughs) Little kids. All kinds of different little kids. All kinds of temperament. Everything. And so after a lot of prayer and discernment, we are led to start the Little Artist Preschool at our church. A preschool that's based on the arts, that's staffed and run separately from our church staff. It's a separate thing, but it'll reside in our facilities. It'll serve the needs of our community. And imagine an arts-based preschool that's led by people that love Jesus and understand the mission that we're trying to build a bridge to our community. Imagine that. Imagine families connected to our church, and you'll see video stories years from now where people say, I just brought my kids to this really cool preschool. And I was one of those people at the lake that got in the circle and got baptized because now I believe in Jesus. Imagine that. And so we've divided this preschool into three categories of people that'll, that'll get in. One is LifePoint people because you're paying for it, and then The other one is people from the community because that's why we're doing it. And the third is people that would never have an opportunity to put their kids in something like that. We'll have an income base so everybody gets a chance to be a part of something that I believe God wants us to create. And of course, we'll have all of the elements done even better that you experience on a weekend. We'll have plenty of space just for us, but just remember that God doesn't have us here just to take care of us. Now, this isn't an overnight process. This is going to take time, and we've estimated in order to get this started, here's the dollar amount it's going to take, $4.1 million. Now, that's not going to build a bunch of buildings, but that is going to get this process started. And you're going to hear us talk in the coming months about where that's going to be and what that's going to look like and specific locations. And I know you're thinking, how close to my house is that going to be? We don't know all that yet. We will let you know. $4.1 million to begin the process of building bridges to our community that starts with you, expands out to our facilities, and expands all the way out to our community to say, this is a gift for you. Imagine that. Now, the third part of unfinished is that we declare before God that we have an unfinished future. And by that, we simply mean that we're going to ensure future generations experience the love and message of Christ. And that means we're going to launch more locations of our church. It means we're going to plant more churches, both domestically and internationally, We already have another church in Ecuador starting. We're looking at Haiti to start uh, new churches. But just imagine, future generations know Jesus because we said we want to plant more churches because it's true, new churches reach new people. You might have been one of those new people that our church reached when it was new. And this last area of unfinished, it's still in this third category, but this last part of it is something that I believe it has the potential to change the world more than any other thing I just said. This has the potential to change the world. It has to do with kids. Now, pay attention. If you're drifting at this point, hey, look up here on the screen. Listen to this, this is a big deal. Over the next two years, we are gonna start the LifePoint Adoption Fund. Yeah, yay, that's right. And we are going to help families who feel this call to grow their family through adoption and to rescue children from difficult places. We are going to say, God, use us to do that. And we feel so passionately about it, we are going to help fund it. And we are going to see life change like never before. And over the next couple of years, as that starts to grow and get bigger and bigger and bigger, we're going to to have invested in this area $500,000 over the next couple of years. There's a lot more details about that, and you'll get those. But all three of those areas add up to a total number of $9 million over two years. And I have to tell you that I've not been praying for $9 million. I really haven't. I really haven't been praying for any dollar amount. Here's what I've been praying for. I've been praying that 100% of our people would have a life-changing experience with God as it relates to their generosity in their life. That's what I've been praying for. Now, that looks different for everybody, but who would say, no, I'm not gonna pray that I'll have a life-changing experience with God as it relates to my generosity. I'll just keep being me, and I don't need that. Who's gonna do that? But I am praying for 100% of you watching And hear that you will have this radically life-changing experience with God because a life lived with our finances fully surrendered to God is a more content life than you could ever buy stuff to bring contentment. You will find more happiness doing that than you will in any purchase you'll ever make. So our primary goal is 100% of the people at LifePoint Church say, I wanna have a life-changing experience with God and they do it. Now, there is a secondary goal. I'll acknowledge it. It's $9 million. But I believe that if 100% of the people have a life-changing experience, $9 million won't be a big deal. Because who believes God has the $9 million? Just go ahead and raise your hand. Who believes believes that God's got it? Of course he does. It's not a trick question. He's got it. You know where he puts it? In the hands of people who follow him. In your bank accounts, in your investments, that's where he keeps his money. And our job as keepers of his money, no matter how little I think I might have and no matter how much I've managed to get to this point in life, that's irrelevant. He's saying, I've given you this much for you to manage, now be generous with it. So when we have a life-changing experience with God and we realize the money that we have is his, having the generosity show up to cover the things we believe he's calling us to do is nothing. But what is something is people having that experience with God and seeing things completely different. Because not only will it change thousands and tens of thousands of lives or even more for generations, it will change your life right now. It will change you. And so that's it. That's our unfinished vision. That's what we're asking you to participate in. And here's what it's going to look like over the next few weeks. Today, you heard the unfinished vision. Next week, we're going to start this teaching series where we're looking at biblical characters and we're looking at how God was not finished with them yet and how God used them to do big things. We're talking about trust and priorities and sacrifice and surrender. And you don't want to miss next week because we've got a guest speaker and you're going to love it. Her name's Julie Bullock. She's been a friend of our church for many years since we met in two movie theaters, and she is gonna be here to talk about the first part of this series called Unfinished. The first part where we're gonna look at a character in the Bible and say, how did that person trust God? So don't miss next week. And then the following week, All of our site pastors are going to be speaking to us about their passion and what they see, how unfinished is changing them. And they're going to be sharing that in the context of a story from the Bible and a character that we're going to be looking at. And all that leads up to this big day on November the 12th where we will make our commitments. So now you can pull out this card that's inside your Notebook. It's it's our commitment card. It's pretty self explanatory. You can see it there on the screen. Just have a look. This commitment card is pretty simple. It's got a quick summary of the vision. It's got some blanks for you to fill in. It talks about what you normally give. That might be zero. That might be tens of thousands of dollars. Whatever that is, write that in there. The very next blank it says this is how I'm going to expand my generosity. And then it says, here's my two-year commitment, and here's what I'm giving from stored resources. That's things like savings or selling things or however you get cash. That's saying, I want to give this much of my stored resources. And then there's a big blank there that says, my two-year commitment. Now, I know commitment cards can be a very, uh, sometimes a very tense thing. This is simply a way for us as leaders to be discerning and to be responsible and know how to plan in the future. And it's also a way for you to say, this is what I'm committing. So here's what I want you to do. Just take this home. Tonight's not about numbers. Tonight's about you taking this, putting it somewhere you can see it, and starting to pray. Because I believe that the numbers that will be represented in here will be the biggest gift that some of you have ever given. Because I know it's the biggest faith step our church has ever taken. I want to read this verse. Take a look at the screen. 2 Corinthians 9, beginning, verse 10 says, for God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he'll provide an increase, your resources, and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. That's what's going to happen. So I'm asking you to go on this journey with us to just let God work in your heart. Whatever you're thinking tonight, just go home, no matter how great or how mm, I'm not sure, whatever it is, put this somewhere where you can see it and ask God to speak through the next several weeks as you hear these messages. Ask Him to talk to you as you talk to Him and He reveals to you where you're unfinished. Here's the fact. Think about all the Church growth that goes on in our world, in our city. I'm in that world, and I know there's churches that grow. But yet Christianity is shrinking. Christianity's influence is shrinking. But what if we adjusted how we did things? And we said we just want to build bridges to our local communities that help people find Jesus. That's what we're asking you to do. Let's pray. God, as we heard this vision, may you use this vision to excite people, to help people take next steps, and most of all, to lead every person in our church to have a life-changing encounter with you, from their generosity to every other area of their life, and I pray this in Jesus' name, amen.